I want to take the next few weeks, and I want to walk through some metaphors that Jesus gave. Um, there's like ritual and doctrine, and then there's metaphor. And ritual and doctrine has its place, but for me it's kind of like that's the bare minimum. Like here's the, the, the skeleton but then the metaphor, and the metaphor helps us understand the relationship with God, really who God is and how we can relate to him. And so we're going to look at a couple metaphors over the next couple weeks. Here's today's metaphor. I'm just going to jump right in. In John 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so we're going to explore that metaphor today. But one of the things that I want you to, to, to get right up front is he lays down his, to what extent is the shepherd good? He lays down his life for the sheep. So what Jesus wants us to understand in this metaphor, first and foremost, is that is that God in the flesh, Jesus, God in the flesh, that God is for you. God is for you. And that a lot of you just need to, at least some of you need to just let that be your whole takeaway from this metaphor that Jesus gives, is that he is the God who is for you. Because based on our, our parent, our, our, our relationship with our parents or authority figures, there's, there's a lot of you that just need to hear that. God is, God is for you. God is for you. And so you need to picture the, the shepherd that is for the sheep. And, and, and God just saying, I'm for you. I'm for you. And you just picture God like, you know, you're, you know where you've been. You know your problems. You know all the things that you've done. And, and, and you just need to, God like, yeah, I know. I'm for you. I know. I know how. I know where you were. I know what you did. I'm, st- I'm for you. And so more than anything, you just need to leave today with like, a, it's a good shepherd who lays down his life for a sheep. He goes all in. He is for you. Now, there's a couple quick little notes from this uh, metaphor that, that I want to hit real quick. And, the, and so John 10, 10, I want, I, I want you all, I hope that you will all uh, find a Bible or look up online John 10. And find a Bible program. Bible Gateway is a great one. Or you go to your app store and, and do the download the Bible, uh, the Bible app, and, and maybe find NIV, NIV as the version, NIV, um, and and read John 10 and, and run that metaphor. I'll give you a few data points to think through. One one happens in John 10:10. 10, Jesus says, "The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy." I have come that they may have life and have it in fullness or have it to the fullest. So he's kind of going with this idea. In shepherding, there are these flocks of sheep and there are always going to be enemies to the sheep. There are things the sheep could do that are dangerous. There are people who could come and try to steal the sheep. There are always people out, thieves. There, there's, there's animals that are, that are looking to harm the. So, so it's this idea of understand that there is a whole world, a spiritual world. The Bible's very open about the idea of Satan and demons. That there's a spiritual world out against you. There's other people and evil and violence out against you. There's you and, and my, my own stupidity. 
working against me. So that is out there. But Jesus comes to give us life and life to the fullest. Now, a lot of what I want to talk about today has to do with that religion and ritual. And, 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 and you might ask yourself, if all, you know, if all you've ever known is ritual, maybe some of you have a past with a certain kind of church or approach to God that's just, you know, sit, stand, kneel, and it's boring and it's dead. And you feel it, but you feel compelled to do it, and there's guilt, and there's all this. And, and you look, and your kids are miserable with this approach. And, and you might ask, is that life to the fullest? Like, live that out, and there's plenty. This drives me nuts. There are Christians who believe the right stuff, who are a part of a church that they get nothing out of, and they feel like they, they have to go. And, and, and I just, is that life to the fullest? Really? And if it's not, that ain't what Jesus came to bring. Jesus came to bring more than that. Life to the fullest. And I hope that you find life to the fullest because he describes himself as I'm a shepherd. I'm for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. There's a lot of negative stuff out there. I've come that you may experience life to the fullest. And if you haven't got there yet, I hope that you think about following Jesus a different way. All right, let's talk a little bit about sheep. If we're going to understand the metaphor of the shepherd, we need to understand sheep. Now, the Bible talks about sheep more than any other animal, and it does so so we understand ourselves. As I said in the first service, you know what animal the Bible doesn't talk about at all? Cats. <laughs> and I didn't write the Bible. I just teach it. I think that if I get to heaven and there are cats there, I will wonder where I actually ended up. <laughs> I, you know, and if there, there are kids in here and I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if, you're, if your cat ends up in heaven, keep it in your house. <laughs> Be ruining my heaven. So sheep, I'm not an animal expert. We have a couple in this service, zookeepers, zoologists, zoo something. What do you call a zoo? What you guys, what do you call what you do or what you did? Zookeeping. Okay, I was right. Okay. So anyway, it's like seriously, the, the, the elephant guy is here at Polaris or now, for, for former, then you were a lion. You, you worked with lions, right, Alexis? So, like, do you call that like a lion, lion, I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? That's, like, interesting. Anyway, just wanted to call you guys out. Um, so here's, I've, I've read quite a bit about sheep because of the references in Scripture and that, and I figure if God says, hey, I want you to understand this about yourself, then I should know. And that's something, you know, God spends a lot of energy in Scripture comparing us to, and I don't think it's like condescending. There's nothing like, like I can't stand, like I hate this for real. When, when people talk about like a oh, pastor and then talk about like my, my flock, oh, that just, uh, hey brother, what size is your flock? It's like, oh. Um, 
like it can get condescending quick, but, and then, but there's some of it that is important for us to understand on an individual level. Because, so, so here's some of the things that, 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 that okay. First of all, sheep need a lot of protection because they are very content to just like eat. And they will eat themselves off of a cliff. Or they will be eating in like a, a, a bobcat or whatever lives out there. It is a pro, and they're just like blissfully going about their business, not aware of the danger around them or the danger that they're getting themselves into. They're not like intentional. They just kind of coast through life without a lot of you know intentionality to their approach. Um, uh, they're easily rattled, and when they get spooked, they don't do real well. They just kind of take off and spaz out and. Um, they, this, is, this is one of the things that cracks me up, uh, that they will get themselves stuck more so than a lot. So it can be like, like you got a wide, there's like two rocks, and then nothing, and nothing. And they'll just kind of, and they don't mind the fact or notice the fact that as they walk forward, there's something on both. And then all of a sudden, you get a sheep that's stuck between two rocks and nothing. Like literally, all you'd have to, and they get, get, then what do they need? They need the shepherd to come and get them unwedged from two rocks in the middle of the desert. So um, just some, like, like we could just probably marinate in that for a while, that one imagery of like just getting stuck when there was no need to get stuck and compare that to any kind of addiction. And it's like, yeah, you could do, you, you could do anything else but that. And you wouldn't be stuck, but there you go. That's the onomatopoeia for stuck. <laughs> um, so uh, we need a lot of guidance. We need a lot of protection. So here's what Isaiah 53 says. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And sheep aren't necessarily dumb. They just... Have, and I would say that's the same for humans. We're not dumb. We just do dumb stuff. So the bottom line is sheep need a shepherd. We need a savior. We need Jesus. Without him, we're very vulnerable to the lies of the evil one, to our own stupid decisions. And that's why it's really good news when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, so good that I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, a few qualities that I want to look at of the good shepherd real quick. Uh, but I want, I want to say first, I want to read to you from John 10, 27, because this is really what it's all about. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. There's an intimacy there. There's a relationship, a love there. There's a friendship there. there there's... This is why, that right there, honestly and truthfully, that's why I do what I do. This is not like a career that I aspired to. Um, I don't have a lot of the things that drive me that a lot of pastors do. I love that. I love helping people wake up to that. Jesus as the shepherd, the voice he knows them, they know him. Because here's the thing, and, and I, like my favorite thing in the world, and I mean this, 
It, like last Sunday, okay, Easter, lots of people here who, who have been a part of other kinds of churches and other approaches to Jesus and other approaches to God. They'll come here. And this happens in a lot of other churches too. It's not just, not just Polaris, but they'll come here. And in a, like a, the Easter service is over and it was a whole different thing that they've ever experienced. And they're just like, wow. And it's like they tasted it. They, 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 got a, they caught wind of, of something different, of a different kind of approach of that. I know them and they follow me and I, and I love them and, and speak with them and guide them. And, and it's different. Than, and they can't articulate it. They, they just know it was different. Like they, they saw something, they felt something. They t- and they're like, wow. That was amazing. Wow. And it's like the presence of Jesus. The presence of God. And they, 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 they are awakened. That's the best way. They wake up to it. And I love anything that I can be a part of that helps people have that moment where they know I saw something different than sit, stand, kneel, or than, than nothingness. I love that. And if you haven't experienced that, it's there for you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how old you are. It's there for you. Now, a couple thoughts about the good shepherd Very clear language. The good shepherd guides. The good shepherd, the loving shepherd, the shepherd that lays down his life for you. He guides. I want you to see him as a guiding force. So, if I were to look at the 23rd Psalm, you'll see where King David talks. Very famous psalm. Everybody's, I think, heard of the 23rd Psalm or the shepherd psalm. He says, he leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me to green pastures. Um, makes me lie down. There's, there's a restful, there's, but there's, there's that guiding presence. So here's what Jesus said in John 10. The sheep listen for his voice. He calls his own sheep how? By name. By name. And leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Imagine God like calling you by name. It's not just a general by name. And lead you out. And you can follow him because you recognize that there's guiding language. It's not knowing about. It's knowing personally. Guiding. And I can tell you that there is nothing in my life. I mean more important to me than the, the guiding voice of God. I will. I the, the still, the, the small but loud voice, the, the, the inner peace, the strong sense of I got to do it this way or I shouldn't do it that way, it's there. There are a couple things um, about the guiding voice of God. There's, there's, um, church work is just like every other business in the sense that there's consultants and there's a ton of nonprofits and there's people telling you, you need my thing to do your thing and promotional, whatever, and super jazzed about this new product. It'll double your church attendance in a year. You need to... I, I will take one inner leading from God over all that stuff. And it only comes from relying and listening. And, 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 and the thing is this. There's, like, I know people, and this should be good news, because <clears throat> some of you are like, I don't... 
just new to this or whatever. I, I, this is not about like, you don't have to be a stained glass window saint or have decades under your belt to hear from God. There's no, there, there's no and, and I've, I thought about this, you know, this is where I am right now. I may disagree with this a year from now, at which point this is all null and void. Um, I don't even know, like, like, like morality isn't even a, there, there's like a consistency. Most people who I trust to hear from God and who, who seem to be able to hear that, that guidance from God are familiar with Scripture. doesn't mean they know everything about the Bible, but they're committed to reading it regularly. It's a regular part of their, of, of their walk in life and walk with God. But it's like, I know some people who live some pretty colorful lives, and there isn't even necessarily like a heavy reliance on church. They've just decided and they believe that God speaks to them and they follow that and they seek that and they listen for that. <coughs> and they respond to that. But you can hear from God. The shepherd will guide you. A lot of it's just deciding, yeah, I want that and, I, and I'm going to listen. Um, so don't think that somehow... That's like something that happens way down the line. It, it's like, it, it's primarily just, are you going to listen? Are you going to make room? Are you going to make space in your life to hear? But don't think that you're far from hearing the voice of the shepherd. That, that's, that's a thing. And then one other thing that I want to talk with you about today real quick is um, the, one of the things the shepherd does in real life shepherding that I know is applicable is, is he corrects. He corrects. I'm going to give you this metaphor. This uh, well, it's not really well. It's a metaphor because it's a real life thing that implies spiritually. But um, don't. I'm going to give you a preemptive strike here. This is not about something you're going through now being caused by God. Okay, that's not what this is to do, and it's not to say that you're going through some valley because you're disobedient or you brought this on yourself or it's God smiting you. Okay, so listen to the metaphor, but but hold off on applying over applying. When I was in Israel, um, in Bethlehem, you can look out over the Judean wilderness and you can see real shepherds with their flocks of sheep. It's the most surreal thing ever. It's like, you know, journey time machine back to Bible days. And, um, and then the guide, uh, familiar with shepherding culture, uh, talks us through some parallels. And one of the things that, that is a part of shepherding culture, apparently, I'm not a shepherd and I don't know any shepherds, but... Um, a shepherd knows the importance of keeping the sheep nearby and having a sheep that will follow them and stay close to them so for their own good. And it becomes fairly obvious um, when, when, a, when a, a little sheep, um, what are baby sheep called? Lambs. Yeah, I should know that, right? Um, I'm riffing here. Um, when, when there's a wanderer. And think about that spiritually. Like they can, they can spot a wanderer. He's off doing his own thing, uh, you know. And if they can't get them under control soon, they will, they'll um, injure the leg, sometimes even break the leg. And then um, um, carry this lamb around for a few weeks till its leg heals. When they put the lamb down, he won't, go but an arm's length away from the shepherd. And so that shepherd knows that through pain and intimacy, um, he can stay connected, that lamb will stay connected with him then for the rest of its life. 
And, and the point is not that God puts the hurt on you. The point is understanding that when you walk through pain, if you're willing to find God and connect with him, you are in these, this soft clay time when you walk through those valleys. And um, you can develop an intimacy with God through pain unlike any other time in your life, and that's an eternal thing. Like, like that's really what this life should be about anyway. So use that. As, don't ask why. Not, never when you're going, never ask why is this happening or try to put together, oh, because I did that, now God's doing that's not, that's useless. It, 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 it never even help anybody with, like, like, that's the danger of saying, well, you know, God has a plan, that, that's why you're walking through this. What, that's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm simply saying that rather than focus on the why, rather than focus on the hurt, you focus on your relationship with Jesus and hearing him as your shepherd protect you as you walk through that. And during that season, you'll look back and say, God solidified. You'll, you'll know the shepherd more. And there's nothing more important that can happen from life. So in the midst of that tragedy or that, that valley, whatever you're going through, you'll at least know something good came from that. You now know Jesus on deeper levels. So uh, we're going to close with one last song. And I would invite you to just um, think through the metaphor. Think through whether something stood out as, a, ooh, I knew, was, it, was it getting wedged between the rocks? Was it the correction? Was it simply saying, the, okay, I need to find the voice of the shepherd in my life? Or was it that God is for you? And one of the things that I'd love for you to do today, go ahead and stand if you don't mind. During this song, um, there are the words, I know you are for me. And maybe you're not a singer, um, but I, I want to challenge you to try to get that out. Even if you're not comfortable with the whole thing, then just don't move your mouth. And you're sorry. Um, find a way to try to verbalize. Let yourself say it. Speak it into existence. You are for me. I know you are for me. And if nothing else, leave here the good shepherd that lays down his life for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this rich imagery, this amazing metaphor, the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. The shepherd who calls us by name and guides us individually. Pray that down deep we would know you, that you would draw us into that kind of a relationship, away from the things that are harmful for us and toward true intimacy, that we may know you, the shepherd who is for us. In Jesus' name, amen.